0: He is risen. Ah, oh, that's a good sound, but I think we can do it louder. He is risen. He is risen
1: <laughs>
0: that's a good sound. I heard some excitement. Awesome! It's so great to be here with you this morning to celebrate the resurrection, to celebrate the day that Jesus conquered death and gave us ultimate life. I love hearing people say He is risen. I'm gonna love hearing the choir sing. I loved hearing the pre-service music. I'm going to love the songs that we sing. There's so much great to hear, to hear on Easter morning. And when you hear those things, what I want you to consider today is if you're tuned in to what they all really mean. Because sometimes you can hear a sound and not necessarily be tuned into its significance. But if you're tuned in, you can pick up on something. This last week, I was outside here, outside of our, our campus here in Cottage Grove. And there is a sound that I could hear and at first I wasn't tuned into what it was. And I got a little I want to, I got a little clip of it. I want to see if you guys are tuned into it. So here it is. I heard somebody say it. Okay, so this is a video. This is a video I took before Good Friday worship off the back little balcony here or little deck here. And what what are the sounds? Spring peepers, frogs, right, yeah. But if you're not tuned into it, all you can go is like, well, huh, sounds like the woods. And maybe that's like one layer of it. But when you're tuned in, then you know spring peepers, you know it's frogs. It's a good sign of spring. It's a good sign of things to come when you're tuned into what you hear. So today, we're going to begin our worship by getting into God's word to tune our ears in, to tune our hearts in, to really hear what these sounds this morning, this Easter morning, are all about. So today we're going to ask, do you, do you hear that? Our lesson today is Acts chapter 5, verses 17 to 20. Then the high priest and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out, Go, stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people the full message of this new life. Now, our lesson today takes place after Easter Sunday. But what launches us into this lesson really begins Easter Sunday. Or really, we should probably start with what launches into Easter Sunday. We should probably start for a moment at Good Friday. On Friday, we talked about how Jesus, on that day went to a cross for us. And He went to that cross because when you do something wrong, there's got to be justice for it. There needs to be punishment for it. And when, when people do something wrong, there needs to be justice. But also because God created humanity to rule over His world with Him and partner with Him. When people turned away from God, this whole world broke. So when Jesus went to the cross on Good Friday, He went there to take the justice for every wrong thing ever done. And to take on himself all the brokenness, the guilt, the shame, the consequences of our sin, death itself. And so on Friday, we talked about how he paid the price there on the cross, and we talked about how he took our sins outside of the city, actually all the way into a tomb. So that when you think about that tombstone being rolled there on Good Friday, can you see what's behind that stone? Not at all, right? All of your sins, anything you ever done wrong, as far as God's concerned, just like you can't see them, or you can't see behind that stone, he doesn't see a thing. Your hands are empty in his sight of sin, of guilt, all that is done. It's been removed. It has been taken away because of Jesus. And then on Easter Sunday, of course, that stone is rolled away. And as that stone is rolled away, you don't see Jesus behind there anymore. It's empty, right? There's no sin, none of that is left there. It's all removed because your sin died on Good Friday, your brokenness died on Good Friday, and on Easter Sunday, new life began. Jesus rose from the dead on Easter Sunday. Still Jesus, but like new and improved in a way. Like his body, it's still him. But later in the day, he's able to appear with his disciples in a locked room without opening a door. There's something different about it. Jesus' resurrected body is the the image of what our resurrection body is going to be like. Can we walk through doors? I don't know for sure, but that would be really cool. (laughs) But Jesus kickstarts this new resurrection life. For the next 40 days, Jesus appears again and again to people. Sometimes in private settings, sometimes to, we we were told that he appeared at one time to more than 500 people at once. So he makes all these appearances. But then on day 40, Jesus ascends into the heavens, ascends to the right hand of the Father. Meaning, not that he's just hanging out to the right of the Father, but that's a position of power and authority where he is now ruling the world. And Jesus talked about how part of why he would ascend is so that he could send the Holy Spirit. So instead of the power of resurrection just being concentrated right there in Jesus, by the power of the Spirit, the resurrection would go forward into the believers, into those who have been brought to faith in Jesus. And soon we're gonna celebrate an event called Pentecost, which was visually marked by these tongues of fire. In the Old Testament, you think about the presence of God being signified by fire. Like in the Old Testament, when God brought the people out from the land of Egypt, and they were led during the day by by a cloud, a pillar of cloud, but at night by a pillar of fire, signified God's presence. Now that fire comes and rests upon the believers, rests upon people. The presence and power of God was now by the Spirit and is now by the Spirit in those who believe in Christ. By the power of the Spirit, the believers in Jesus start doing amazing things. They start spreading the word all around. We're told that thousands were baptized and brought to faith in Jesus. And we're told that God was working incredible signs and wonders through the apostles. They were healing people of their diseases, casting out demons, doing amazing things. And it's here now in this setting where you have these believers in Jesus that God is working through doing these incredible signs and wonders and people are coming to them. It's here in this context where we get to our lesson, where we're going to ask, do you hear that? Our lesson, it starts off saying then the high priest and all his associates were, who were members of the party of the Sadducees were filled with jealousy. When they saw people, these crowds, coming to the believers in Jesus, to the followers of Jesus, they saw people coming from all around, coming to be healed, to be set free. You have this group of people who looked at them and they were not happy about it. They were jealous of what was going on. Now, if you're someone who likes to take notes in services, if it helps you uh, as you go through and get the outline here, this is the time to get your worship folder out. If you're new here to Abiding Shepherd, and if you're in the worship space, the main worship space, on the chair in front of you are some pencils. If you're out in the lobby, the chair in front of you may not have pencils, and I apologize for that, but there may be some on the counter if you want them. And there's a blank to fill in here, a couple of blanks at first. And you can fill in who were jealous of Jesus, the Sadducees. We're jealous of Jesus. And if you grew up going to church camp and some church camps, maybe you know a song about the Sadducees. It's pretty funny. I don't know. Maybe. Did you, Katie, did you hear this? Thing? Did you grow up hearing that song at all at your school? No? Your school probably did. I'm guessing they did, yeah. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. <laughs> Stella could sing it for you. She knows it pretty well. So the Sadducees were jealous of the apostles. Why? Why were they so jealous? Who were these Sadducees? Like, what is this title all about? Let's dig into them a bit. The Sadducees were the religious or political party in power. And you might go, okay, I know they're one of the groups, but isn't there this other group called the Pharisees? There is, and there were actually more of them. However, the Sadducees had higher positions. So like the chief priest who was really ruling over everything, he was a Sadducee. So there's less of them in a way, but they actually had more authority, more power. So they're like the, the top dogs when it comes to, to religious power, but also in that culture, religion and politics went hand in hand. So it's a religious slash political group that has a lot of power. Interestingly, they held only to the first five books of the Bible, the books known as the books of Moses or the Torah, That's all they saw as scripture. So they had a very limited scripture they pulled from, and they actually rejected rabbinical traditions. For a lot of Jews at that time, what the rabbis were teaching at the time held high standard, high regard for the Sadducees, not so much. They were not really into these rabbinical teachings. But then here's really the, the, the two points that I think are really kickers, that are really interesting about the Sadducees. They didn't believe in angels and demons. Or spiritual powers really at work in the world. I know, doesn't that seem strange? I see a couple of your faces like, really, what? Yeah, they didn't really believe in the spiritual world existing or interacting with our world. And then the real kicker when it comes to resurrection is that they didn't believe that resurrection was a thing. Not today, not when the world, as we know it, comes to an end. They did not believe in the resurrection. So looking at these details about them, what about the apostles would have really upset them when you recognize that first point that they were the religious power and when you recognize that they didn't believe in angels and demons and they didn't believe in a resurrection. Keep those three points in mind now as you think about them, as you think about these apostles. But first, something we should know about the Sadducees, the next blank. They wanted to be the what? They wanted to be the authority and power over this life. The Sadducees with a faith that doesn't believe in demons, a faith that doesn't believe in angels, a faith that doesn't believe in resurrection, what had to be the focus of what they talked about if you don't believe there's such a thing as a resurrection and you don't believe in a spiritual world? It had to be what our eyes can see, what we think and we feel, It can't have anything to do with the life ahead because there is none. And it can't have anything to do with spiritual work in this world because it has to just be what we see. So they are people who have power and authority and they want to have power and authority over this life. That's what was on their hearts. Now, think about what they saw with the apostles. Here you have a group of people who are gaining tons of attention. Thousands are following them. If you're somebody in power, why don't you like that? They're not following you. You're not following you, right? So they're not following you. You're the person who's supposed to have power. Now all of a sudden there's people following these other guys. That's part of it. But also, why were people flocking to them? Because, well, because they were healing people. Is that something that normally happens in this natural world? No. Something different was going on here. Something that they pretty much denied was going on here. And what was going on here too was actually little like glimpses of what resurrection is, because remember, remember, resurrection is raising back from the dead. When you think about these signs of Jesus healing people and his apostles healing people, it's not just that they were signs that okay, God's doing something, they were little snippets of resurrection. Maybe not full-blown yet, but anytime there's a healing in that way, it's like a little little taste of what we're looking forward to. So the very thing they denied was breaking through into their world. And that very thing that was breaking through is resurrection, which means that there is a life to come. There is a hope ahead beyond this life. What was going on there with the apostles was a total disruption of what they were comfortable with. Power, interest going to other people. There's something going on here that we can't explain. Something going on here that are little snippets of resurrection, of an event where a man was raised from the dead. And this is a total worldview change when you look at this world and see that this is not all there is. Do you hear that? Do you hear what's going on at this time? Total transformation of viewpoint, of viewing your life and your world. Which is why they arrested the apostles and put them in a public jail. They did not like this. They were not happy with this. They had the authority to put them in jail, so they did. Well, at least they thought they had authority. (laughs) They put them in jail, but during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. So they put them in jail, and they had the authority to put them in jail, but they did not have the authority to keep them in jail. Because an angel comes, opens the door, let them out. And the angel says, Go, stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people the full message of this new life. At least our translation says new. The word new isn't in the original language. It literally just says all the words of this specific life. In other words, the Sadducees were focused on this life that you see, but now there is a new this life. There is a a set-apart, different, distinct life that you now see and have. Your life now looks completely different, and it's been changed because of Easter. Go and announce all the words of this life. Don't hold any of it back. This prison's not going to keep you here. Go. And announce the words. Do you hear what's going on here? Jesus is raised, resurrection happened. People are being healed, resurrection is breaking through. This is just the beginning of an eternity with God, and nothing in this world can stop it from going forward. Do you hear that? Do you hear what we're celebrating this morning? As you're listening for it, we need to recognize and be honest that as we embrace the message of Easter, there are powers in this world that are going to want to do what the Sadducees did here. That when, when something has power and rule over your life, it doesn't want to give it up easily. Because when pow- someone in power sees somebody else gaining power, typically, They get jealous like the Sadducees. And there are going to be powers in this world that try to hold you and hold us back from embracing this message. So here's the next question for you. What or who wants authority and power over your life? What or who wants authority or power over your life? And as I ask you that question, I encourage you to think beyond like the Sadducees, they were a political group. I, don't, I encourage you to go beyond that. Because the authorities in your life, what does an authority have? An authority has control, it, 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 it tells you where to go, what to do, things like that. Which means that authority is a much broader, broader thing than just some person in a position. Our The things we believe will make us happy can be an authority in our life. Because if you believe that that's the thing that satisfies you, it will direct what you decide to do. So what you believe about your life and what will satisfy and make you happy has authority over you. For some of you, you may feel like your past has authority over you. I've been here, I've done this, and so my future has to look this way. For some people, when you look in the mirror and your, your 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 struggle, your sin, has authority over you, or it feels like it does at least. This is who I am. This is how I've been. How do I feel when I look in the mirror? I feel guilt. Feel shame. Feel like I will never be what I was supposed to be. And that's what has the rule over your life. You might look at your life and your situations, and maybe it's your own personal limitations that have authority over you. Like, you're, you're, you're limited by your own understanding. If I can't figure out a way to fix it, it can't be fixed. And so that's your ceiling, what you can understand. Or when you look at the world, I don't see how God can be using this for good, and my understanding of what's good is my ceiling. What has authority over your life? Anything that directs how you see your life and how you live is the authority. Now, if you were here Good Friday or listening to that message, we talked about this barrier that's between us and being who we were created to be. And that barrier is our sin. Our sin is missing the mark of what God created us to be. And we started off this message talking about how it was placed in the tomb and how God doesn't see it. But here's what I found for myself is I can know that that it was placed in the tomb. But then, do you know where I often go in my life? Back in the tomb with it. You know? I just go back and I live in my, where I've been, my sin and my struggle. Or I go back and I I live in my own understanding, or my own strength, or what I can come up with. I live in trying to figure it out myself maybe you're like me and sometimes I just feel like what I end up doing is just, not just rolling a stone back over there, but rolling a stone back, let's see here. And this is how I celebrate Easter. Hi, everybody, he's risen. And I have his space, but I'm just stuck behind a stone. You no, know, that's part of what I love. I love the setting for our lesson today and I love some of the little details about it. You know, so they were in prison, the apostles. And the angel just comes and opens up the door and says, go. Right? And then what's interesting, too, is apparently he must have shut the gate afterwards. Because if you read on in Acts chapter 5, we're told that the, the soldiers, when they went, they were like, hey, it's sealed. Apparently the angel didn't leave it open. He was like, oh, we'll just shut it again. And I love that detail because then to the soldiers in the world, it looked like they were still in prison. It wasn't until they heard that they were in the temple telling the words, speaking the words, that they realized, oh, they were set free. When you think about Jesus behind the tomb, when that stone is rolled, the reality is, Jesus didn't need a stone to be rolled away for him to leave the tomb. Remember, later in the day, he appears to his disciples in a locked room without opening the door. The truth is, Jesus rose and didn't need a stone to be moved for him to go out because he was free. Whether that stone was rolled away or not, the stone was only rolled away for us to see that he wasn't in there. That was really why it was rolled away. Resurrection was happening even if it looked like he was still dead. It's just how it works. I love that because... To ourselves, sometimes it might look to us like we're just stuck back here. It might feel that way. And to the world, it might look that way. To people around you, they might look at you and go, You're just you. You just, this is your life. It's what it is. But you know that a stone doesn't hold Jesus and never did. And you know that a gate doesn't keep followers of Jesus stuck in a prison. And you can know that resurrection happens, whether people see it or not. So since we have this tendency to live behind this stone, there's some things, some clear things from this lesson I want us to hear that we can hear from God's word. Here's the first one. Resurrection and new life are real. Just hear that. Resurrection is real. We're celebrating a day today, and it wasn't just that Jesus supposedly rose and then disappeared. And then he went around, he saw people for 40 days, appearing to people all over the place. And then the power of that resurrection moved forward. Resurrection is real. Hear that this morning. And if it's real, when Jesus rose, it's real for you. Your future is resurrection in your life today can embrace that the power of resurrection is working today. Remember with the apostles, the power of resurrection was breaking through into that life, into that world? When you're brought to faith in Jesus, resurrection is working in you because it took someone who was spiritually dead and made you spiritually alive in Christ. And when you, the more you believe that, the more you live in that, the more new life is springing up in you. Resurrection is real in you today. hear today that there is a new authority over, not ov, apparently I don't know how to spell over, just realized that. Dave, can we fix that for late service? <laughs> There's a new authority over your life. You know, if your life is not limited by death, then death doesn't have authority over you. If your life isn't limited by what you see, and what you experience in this world, then don't you have a new authority in your life? Because I don't have to live afraid of my life ending. I can live with hope of eternity. I don't have to live thinking, okay, if I'm going to live a full life, I better just do whatever I can to make myself happy now. If you recognize that eternity is in front of you, that's a new authority over you. If you recognize that there's real resurrection ahead, then you don't have to live based on just what you see today. And if you recognize that that power is real, then you don't have to depend on your own strength or understanding now. There is a new authority over you. If resurrection is real and you have a new life, then your shame and your guilt, wherever you've been, does not have authority over you. You have a new authority in your life. And the authority is resurrection. It comes from Jesus. Jesus. And here's the the final thing to hear. Nothing can stop this resurrection life. The Sadducees put them in prison. Didn't go so well. These powers at work in the world and trying to work within you might try to keep you behind the stone. But by the power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, it's not going to work so well. Don't underestimate what God can do in your life today and on eternity. And don't understand what he can do through you. Don't don't underestimate what he can do through you. and, And don't ever think that there's something too big in front of you that's stronger than God. There is not. No power in this world, no power fighting even inside of your mind and your heart. None of that. Death itself is not greater than him hear that nothing can stop this resurrection life. Jesus actually rose. Resurrection broke through into this world. That means that this is just the beginning. That means that eternity is in front of us. Resurrection is in front of us. And as we live in that, nothing can stop this resurrection life. Listen close. Do you hear that?
1: The sound of sorrow echoes in the streets. A song of grief, a hymn of defeat, a dirge. Injustice and tragedy converge on Calvary and the word was silenced. The hope of humanity lay lifeless in a borrowed tomb. As darkness loomed like a thousand years without the sun, the taste of fear on every tongue. Longing to savor and see the goodness of a savior We could hardly hear the sound of two or three gathered in your name We were scattered like skeptics, helpless and ashamed Sheep without a shepherd, disillusioned and dejected We were desperate for something, for someone to rescue us from what Friday had done but when the sun rose from its grave on the third day Sunday came and everything changed a melody of misery became a brilliant symphony of life oh death where is your sting swallowed up in victory the greatest day in history was a Sunday risen we are forgiven let the church bells ring let the set free sing a new song on sunday the reverberation of redemption an open invitation for every tribe tongue and nation to come and see what god has done his radical love slain in the public square but when they came to the grave nobody was there this is the good news The fullness of an empty tomb where death took its final breath at the hands of a man who had been dead himself until Sunday when everything changed.